Let's pray together. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for what you've already said, Father, through music and through the lives of these children. Now, Father, we pray that you would speak to us through your word for Christ's sake. Amen. Uh, what I did with the children was kind of a summary of what we've been doing for the past two months. And, and I titled today's message, Church God's Way, because that's really what we've been been talking about uh, over these past couple of months. God has a purpose for each of us, and God has a purpose for Round Oak Baptist Church. God has a plan. We don't know that plan. He reveals it to us as we need to know it. He doesn't reveal to us everything that's down the road. We just need to be prepared for what he has in store. If we're going to be the body of Christ known as Round Oak Baptist Church, then we need to do church God's way. Let's do it God's way. That's who we represent, right? He's the boss, right? He's the head, right? And he's the one we love and serve, right? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Christ himself gave gifts to people. God has provided pastors, he's provided teachers, and he's provided them for a purpose. He gave them for the purpose of equipping the people of God for service. That's why he gives pastors. When you're looking for a new pastor, look for someone who can equip you. Look for someone who can build you up. Look for someone who can encourage you to be faithful in your service for Jesus Christ. People who have surrendered to the will of God, who have agreed to be a living sacrifice for God, those are the ones that you can equip because the Spirit of God dwells within them, and the Spirit of God has given them spiritual gifts as well. All of that we've talked about over these past couple of months. But that's the way God does church. That's the way God wants us to operate as his people in this place known as Round Oak Baptist Church. The process of transformation, and y'all remember that, right? I'm not going to try to take it apart, but you remember the transformer and God is transforming us. That process, the process by which God is transforming us is for a purpose. He's transforming us to be servants for him. Uh, and that is a, a, the process of growing up spiritually. It's the process of dying to self and coming alive to God so that God can flow through us and we can be vessels of his love, his joy, and his peace, and his grace, and his mercy, 
And, and we want to be used by him because we love him in response to what he has done for us. So that's, that's the process that we are in as the people of God in this place. We want to become mature in our faith. We want to work together like the children do, but we ought to be able to do it better than they do. I hope we never lose their excitement and energy, but I also hope that we will allow others to participate better than they did because we're looking out for the others more so than ourselves. And we want everybody to be a part of the work of God. We want to grow up people spiritually. We want to be mature to the fullness of Christ within us and to allow Christ to be in control. We want to be living sacrifices for God and that we reflect in the way we serve others. One of the things we need to be sure of is that we always remember whose church this is. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's not your parents' church. This is God's church. God has called us. God has equipped us. God has saved us. God has blessed us. And it is God to whom we give our love and attention. So we gather in this place to worship this living God because we want to serve him. We want him to be pleased. We want to please the God who has called us together in this place. God has redeemed the church, empowered the church. He equips the church. And one day God is going to resurrect the church to be with him. It's his. That's why we do this, because of what God has done. Jesus said he would build his church on the lives of those who profess him as the Messiah. On this rock, he was talking to Peter, and, and Peter made that profession of faith, just like some of our young people have done here recently. And, and because of their profession of faith, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on that, on the lives of people who profess him as Lord and Savior. And it's, it's the building of the kingdom of God within us. And we take that first step when we receive Christ. But friends, that's the first step. And some of us have taken that first step. But have we grown up in our faith? Are we learning to trust God more and more every day? Yeah, we need the excitement and the energy of the children, but we need to be mature in our faith. We need to move beyond the elementary teachings of the gospel and move on to the meat of the word that we might be more faithful into what God is saying and to what God is doing. Our desire is to be Jesus to the world out there. When the world looks at you, they see what? What is the gospel according to your life? Because that's the only gospel some people will ever read is the Jesus in you. 
But then there's a question that would come up as well. Uh, what is the gospel according to Round Oak Baptist Church? What, what is it that this church represents to the community? When people see Round Oak or hear that, oh, you're a member at Round Oak Baptist Church, what do they think of? What comes to their mind? Do they see a group of children working together? Or do they see a group of mature Christians serving the Lord? What is it that we represent to the world around us? One of my favorite scriptures describes the early church, describes how God does church. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, gives us an example of how God does church. You see, they started off pretty good. In the book of Acts, you know, they, they got together, and, and I'm going to read that for you in a minute. But, but the rest of the New Testament deals with problems that arose in the church and all the issues that came as these Christians gathered together for worship. All these issues arose and problems arose. So Paul was constantly writing letters to different churches addressing problems within the church. You know why? Because traditions began to infilter the church. And they start putting structure and organization onto the simple gospel message of how we were to worship. And when we focus on those issues, we lose our reason for being. And we lose the concept of who we're worshiping. And we, we get into our methods of worshiping. We get into our styles of worship. We get into all of these side things. It has nothing to do with whether you're a member of the kingdom of God or not. But it has to do with what we like rather than what God likes. The early church met. They met in, usually met in homes because they didn't have church buildings they had to take care of. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And as I read these words, listen carefully. Evaluate us. How, how do we stack up as the people of God at Round Oak Baptist Church? How do you stack up as a member of the church in the way we do church, the way God intended it to be? Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the remote courts, in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. People, that's the way God does church. How do we rate? How do we measure up to the standards that God sets? 
You see, when the early church met together, it, it was a celebration. The apostles taught them what they had with the, they had seen and heard from Jesus. And, and these people had fellowship together where they ate and prayed and God performed many wonders and signs among them. They did missions by sharing what they had with each other so that nobody, there was not a need anywhere. Everybody who had a need, that need was met. Why? Because they didn't see their possessions as their possessions. They saw it as belonging to God and they shared it with other people. When they met one another in public, they talked about Jesus and praised God for what God had done. They did church as a way of life. It wasn't just on Sundays. It was every day, and it was everywhere they went. People knew there was something different about that group of people. Those Jesus people, those people of the way they came to be known. There was something different about the people of God. The key to the way they did church is in the adjectives of the scripture, more so in what they did. It's how they did it. They devoted themselves to teaching and fellowship. There was a, there was a, there was a desire to be together. There was a devotion. Why were they devoted? Because they liked, no, not because they liked each other. Because they loved God. And they wanted to be together to learn more about God and to grow in their faith and to be equipped to serve God. That's why they devoted themselves to the fellowship. That's why they devoted themselves to learning, not because they liked their little group of people. And that's, that can be very dangerous when we become uh, uh, my church or, or my group. We can become exclusive. You have to be like us to worship in my group. This group is open to anybody, anybody who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were filled with awe. Are we filled with awe at what God is doing among us? Or are we burdened down with all of the stresses and pressures with these things? And there's a war going on as we speak. And, and, and the you know, price of gas is going up. Everything is getting more expensive. Are we more worried about that than we are about the kingdom of God? Do we talk more about that and complain more about that than we do the blessings that God has given to us? Look at us meeting together freely and openly. I've been waking up these last few mornings in the peace and quiet of living out in the swamp of uh, Lower Caroline. Some of you know what that swamp area means, but, and it's, it's so quiet. And I listen to the birds singing. And I, I say to myself, you know, I, I got it good. And my brothers and sisters in Ukraine right now are waking up to bombs, huddled together in 
at subways for protection, not knowing where their children are, not knowing where their parents are. I, th this morning, there was a young man kissed his wife goodbye at the border and went back to Ukraine to fight, not knowing whether he'd ever see her again. How blessed we are, how grateful we should be for all that God has blessed us with. Are we filled with a sense of wonder at what God is doing in our lives and in our midst? The possessions were used to help others, and so that's an attitude, you know, it, it goes totally against our culture today, which says take care of yourself and, 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 and be self-centered. That, that's not the way the early church felt or lived or believed. They shared what they had with others. If anybody had a need, they met that need because it wasn't theirs. It belonged to God. And that's the, that's the root of missions. That's, that's the heart of missions is realizing that you don't own a thing and that we're called on to help our neighbors. They felt that in the way they gave. And when they met together, they met with sincere hearts. When we come together, are we, are we coming together? Because, well, we like, I like that music, so I'm coming on that Sunday. Or, you know, I, I like that preacher, so I'm going to listen to that preacher. But they, when they came together, their hearts were sincere before God to allow God to speak to them. And let me tell you something. God will speak to you through those children. God will speak through you through this messenger. God will speak through you through somebody sitting next to you. Your presence here this morning is a testimony to the power of God in the world today. If you weren't here, somebody would say, you know, oh, Jimmy's not here. I don't have to be here either. If he can get along without going to church, so can I. If he doesn't need Jesus on Sunday, I don't need Jesus on Sunday. But he's here. And that's a testimony to his faith. So just your presence here is an encouragement to everybody else. Showing up is one way God speaks through you. Show up on Saturday when we clean up. That'll be a way God can speak through you too. And show up on Wednesday where we look at being good stewards of God's blessings. How can we be good stewards with what God has provided? And that's an opportunity for the people of God to say, God, we love you. Thank you. Let's share this abundance with those around us. That's not in my notes. Because of the way this group of people treated one another, the whole community was drawn to them. The way they loved, the way they shared, the way they worshiped. People around them said, there's something different about you guys. I like it. I want to have that in my life. You know, they see you out in the community and they, they see the, the way that you live and act out there. They said, why do you look so happy when everybody else is fighting over whether we can wear these things or not? 
because we have a relationship with God and we've surrendered it to him. And because of that, we're able to live differently. Because of that, we, our lives have been changed and we're being transformed into Jesus Christ. And people notice a difference in our lives. And when we do that, other people will see it and they'll want to be a part of it. And the scriptures say, because of the way they lived in the community, that God added to their number daily those who were being saved. When was the last time somebody walked up to you and said, what makes you smile? And you're able to share with them the gospel. You're able to tell them how much God loves them. You're able to say something to the effect of, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I believe that, and that's what gives me meaning and purpose in life. And you can have that too. And that's all you have to say. How many times have we passed up those opportunities? How many times have our lives reflected the light of Christ? Because you see, that's what it means to be a light in the world. You know, when we leave, we come in here to kind of brighten the light up, you know, refresh the light and, and, and get all glowy inside and stuff. And then we could go out there and, and let that little light shine. And the darker the world is, the more bright our little light shines and we draw people to the light. People are drawn to the light from the darkness. They're attracted to the light. We've got the light. We are the light. And the love of God flows through us and touches the world in which we live. People are drawn to goodness. Believe it or not, they still, they might not, if they're in a group, they may not do it publicly. But they're drawn to it when they see you doing the right thing in a loving way. When we shine the light of Christ through our lives, others are attracted to it. There was a comment made the other night at a meeting I was attending that there's not been a conflict in this church for two years. Now, I don't know what that meant before then, but for two years, there hadn't been a conflict here. Are we known for conflict? Are we known for being those people who fight together or fight with each other? Or are we known as a group of people who love the Lord and who work together for the sake of his kingdom? How does, how do they, how do they see us as Round Oak Baptist Church? Are we doing it God's way? Or are we doing it our way, preacher's way. Are we seeking to be the people of God? Or are we seeking to keep the building open and the lights on? And are we seeking to have an impact on the world in which we live? Or are we just biding our time and We've got ours, we're going to heaven, so we don't have to worry about anybody else. 
What is our, what, what are we known for? How do people see you? How do people see me? But more importantly, how do they see us together? Are we doing church God's way? Do we have something? Do we have something that those people out there need, that those people out there want? Do we have something that we can give away? That's what the people of God are called on to do. Working together to bring glory to the God who died on the cross that we might have life. Not in the sweet by and by. That, that's a side effect. But in this life, we are to be the light. We are to be the salt. We are to be the children of God in a lost and lonely world. Commit with me to be the people of God in today's world. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your power. I thank you for your giftedness. I thank you for the privilege we have of serving you. And Lord, I thank you for the faithfulness of your people in this place. And God, we acknowledge our dependence upon you for any good thing. And we pray, Father, that you would use us to your kingdom's glory. It truly, God, is our prayer that your kingdom might come on earth as it is in heaven. And God, that's got to begin with me. It's got to begin with me as I surrender my life to you and allow you to use me. Then your kingdom comes. And God, then it begins with us. Then, Father, use us to bring others into the light of your love and your truth. By the way we live, by the way we parent, by the way we work, by the way we love one another, by the way we work together, let others see Jesus in me. Help me, Father, to be the person you created me to be and use me to your glory and honor. If that's the prayer of your heart, as we sing this song, ask that you might recommit and dedicate your life to what God has called you to through Jesus Christ. Amen.